Hello and welcome to Abnormal Mapping episode 23. I'm your host, Matthew Marco, with me his regular co-host, Jackson Tyler. Hello. And a usual special guest, Destiny Sturdivant. How do you do? Pretty well. Actually, we're all really exhausted today. Um, nothing to do with anything we're going to talk about, but it's, it's, it's a rough Monday. This Presbo day is taking it out of us. Presbo. Presbo's pretty good. Let's talk about The Wire instead of video games. Anything else but video games. Most tragic season, not season four. She. She. <laughs> she. She. And we are here with the RPG Explorers Club. This will be the first time I get to use that artwork I made, like, seemingly a lifetime ago at this point. Which is You're building something here and all the pieces matter. What? As a what? I was. It was a callback to just two minutes ago when we were talking about the wire. I don't know the wire word for word. I've only seen it once. That's a famous wire quote, and all the pieces matter. I'm a person with <laughs> a life and ambition, and I'm too busy to memorize TV shows. No, you're not. I am. <laughs> all I know is she. She. And that's barely a quote. <laughs> You must know more wire quotes than that. No. Okay. I don't quote the wire. Why would you... Are you... Are you taking notes on a motherfucking criminal conspiracy? Nope. That... I no, remember I remember that, that but I would not say that. <laughs> I don't say them, but I know them, because they're good. I don't... My brain I feel like I don't watch things. TV the same way you do. What? With your brain? You do have an amazing uh, tendency to remember quotes, like, on a first watch. It's pretty impressive. I'm jealous. I who are you talking I to? think it's because Matt. of your class. I'm very confused. Who are you talking I'm to? I'm telling this? you that, Jackson. Oh, yeah, no, I'm good at, I'm good with quotes. I've always been good with quotes, always been good with song lyrics. Oh no, she wasn't talking about me. I don't remember any of that garbage. I don't remember okay. people's names. I don't remember locations. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can talk about theme all day long, but I can't tell you who the main character is in anything. Who give me a thing, I'll tell you who the main character is. But I have to have seen, this is dumb, this is dumb, it's just out of podcasts. Remember video games? No, I don't! I got a Kindle and I d- fell off the wagon. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we've been uh kind of doing other stuff, I guess. Normally we talk about all the things we've been playing, and I thought it was going to be you carrying all the way, Jackson, but I think I'm the only one who's really been playing games, and it's only been in the last couple of days when I had this all reckless right. abandonment into video games. Matthew Marco. Yeah. Please, enlighten us all about the Monhan. Oh, you mean Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate? Yes. Colloquially known as the Monhan. No one calls it that. They I'm just call it Monhan. I'm not an otaku. I wouldn't call it that. Okay, where does Monhan come from? Is it otakus or is it people making fun of otakus? No, no, it's, it's just Japan because everything is turned into a weird portmanteau abbreviation. Oh, I didn't know if that was like a thing no, no, or just a jokey like, thing that no, people like, are doing over like, here. It's like Pokemon, except in they didn't actually use Monhun as the real name. Okay, like, but is it used in Japan or is that just a thing people have been saying on Twitter as like a cute joke? No, no, people call it Monhun. Like, the actual title is Monster Hunter, but everyone calls it Monhun. Oh, so that's... I can't tell, I cannot tell irony anymore. I'm too, I don't know what it is. No, that is just a classic, like, <laughs> Japanese abbreviation for something. 
Like Pokemon. Thought, Except then they I use that as a real name, and now it's like just the brand. I thought everyone was just being dumb no. on Twitter. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, Monhun. Monhun. Yep. What is it? Monhun. Do you hun mons? How does it work? So, she. <laughs> you are you are a character that you create, and then you get a weapon, and there's like a bajillion weapon. No, there's like sixteen probably. I don't actually know. Um, and you get a weapon, and the weapon kind of determines your class because everything's based on how you fight things. And then you go into these big sprawling areas that are linked together. And you hunt monsters and gather resources to create equipment to gather to fight more monsters. And then skin the monsters, get resources, make better equipment to fight more monsters. It is all of the like loops that I feel like I would really like about an MMO without the MMO part. So it's great. I think it's great. Yeah, it it like the loop is in my brain and I'm feeling it. Was it one of those ones where you played the first hour and you just saw the next 40 lying ahead of you and were like, oh, it's happened. So I played Monster Hunter 3. That was my first one uh, on 3DS. And I, I, I'm i like, okay, I kind of see the appeal here, but I didn't really get into it. And Monster Hunter 4 is uh, much more streamlined in terms of like getting you into the game and explaining all the mechanics. There's actual tutorials that are useful this time. Um, and... Uh, Something about, like, it's early loop, I just think it's a little easier and makes you feel, like, it gives you the sense of, oh, I am, I can do this and take down these monsters faster than the other game. And so you, because the trick is once you start killing monsters, the game gets good, but it takes a while to get to the point where you can start killing monsters. Um, and so, I don't know, in Monster Hunter 3, like, I was fighting the first monster at, like, hour, like, 9 or whatever. In this game, I'm at hour 10, and I've killed, like, half a dozen different monsters at this point. So, you know, it's moving faster. I'm enjoying it what quite do you, a bit. What do you do when you're not hunting monsters, then? You ga- go out into these areas and gather equipment, or gather supplies to make more equipment. So, in Monster Hunter 3, for the first nine hours, it was just the equipment gathering game. Yeah, or it's like, go kill okay. lesser monsters, but, like, the monsters... Oh, okay. Like, the monster hunting monsters are, like, the, the big marks or whatever you would call them, uh, are unique in that they all, they're all named and they all have, like, a cutscene when you encounter them the first time and stuff like that. And they start feeding those into you in this game way faster. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yep. I, I should play this. You better. You, you wrote, bringing us all in for the ride. Yeah. I got it because you're like, I'm going to get this. I'm going to try Monster Hunter. And I'm like, yep. Yeah, we all have to play together. Yep. We, I am. I'm going to. I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to hunt the monsters. It's going to be great. Yep. What weapon have you fully chosen? It's your glaive. Right? I am using the insect glaive, which is, it's like this, uh, like one or two handed stab with like blades on either end. And it comes with a like bug that just lives on your right arm. And the glaive can is like a fast weapon, and it can shoot out pheromones to mark enemies, and then you send your insect out, and when it, the insect hits the enemy, it steals, like, essence from them, and it's based on what part of their body you hit, and then you call it back, and it gives you the essence to give you, like, a temporary stat boost uh, based on what area you hit. So if you get a red one, you get higher attack. If you get a white one, you get, like, uh, faster mobility, and if you get colors combined, you get, like, increased buffs as they mix together. That's cool, but I've already like half of it's left my. That's just intimidating. Yeah, it's really yeah. No, it's a it's a fiddly weapon. 
If you want a great sword, you just hit X a bunch and then put your sword away so you can dodge. Uh, the way I've heard it described by people who are really into Monster Hunter is that it's kind of like a fighting game in how it works and how it's about it's, I don't combos. I don't think it's anything like a fighting game. I guess if a fighting game moved incredibly slowly, it'd be like a fighting game. Uh, that's their point, is that okay. all the moves and combos are very deliberate. Yeah. Uh, with every wep- with like upgrading between certain weapons, your like moves don't change, only their uh, attributes change. Mm-hmm. So... It's about you have a very specific set of commands that do a very specific set of animations and you have to learn each one and how to like balance those against the animations that are coming at you from this monster you're hunting. Yeah. I would more... like I think it's closer to like a Dark Souls except it's all bosses and instead of like exploration as your main mode, it's like crafting and resource gathering as your main mode when you're not fighting bosses. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, uh, I I definitely could see a fighting. It's very animation intensive. You get locked in stuff, and then you're just swinging at air as the monster has jumped above you, and is about to spit <laughs> poison at you when you can't and do a thing about it. And there's nothing you can do. No, you chose poorly. You shouldn't have acted so rashly. <laughs> you would never create uh, such a mistake. Uh, no, I do it all the time. Okay. <laughs> By the time I'm I'm getting into this next week, I feel like you're going to be some kind of wise Mon Han Sage. I don't know. That game's like incredibly long. Oh, oh, this is going to be a. We're going to be playing this and Final Fantasy VIII at the same time, aren't we? This is a thing. Where... Okay, so we're extending. I guess we can talk about this. We're going to talk about Atelier Rona today, and then we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to announce our next game, which I guess you just did, which is Final Fantasy VIII. Instead of doing this every month, I think we're going to take six weeks and give us a little more time. I feel mm-hmm. like the Rorona thing proved out that doing a monthly RPG is maybe a little much. I think so. I don't know. I think Rorona is a special case. I mean, I enjoyed the game and it kind of burnt true. me out. So Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I, and eight's different because it's really story based. I think, well, you know, once we get over the hurdle of that game being really complicated, you'll both get way into it and just play it and enjoy what's there in terms of story <laughs> stuff. But, uh, it's still like a, you know, it's a big long goddamn game. I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast, but I know I've said it to you that I am a child from 1998 who is like, oh, the new game from the Final Fantasy VII people. I am so excited. Bring me that. Ah. Oh. Final Fantasy VIII is going to be really good. Maybe I will be disappointed like everyone was in 2000. I was not- I was not disappointed in 2000. Okay, well, I know it's That is your my jam. dearest Final Fantasy game, yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. Like, so, so much excited. so that I'm afraid to go back. Like, I'm very intimidated by going back because I haven't played it in a decade, at least at this point. And so the idea of playing it again, like, what if I don't like it? Like, I'm actually afraid to play it again. You, you shouldn't be. I- I'm fairly sure I'll be fine, though. Those games are good. It'll probably be fine. I'm still afraid of it. That's okay. Um, but yeah, it's mostly been Monster Hunter. I mean, I'm playing other games that we are not announcing yet, but can't talk about those. And I finished Yakuza, which we'll be recording next week. You should all play Yakuza for our discussion of Yakuza. Yakuza 3 is a great game. I'm planning on playing it at some point. Just because watching uh, Matt play it the other day made me really, really excited for it. It's great. As he as he is known in uh, the translation, Kazuma Kazi. 
That's just his <laughs> abbreviated name. That's just like a you know familiar diminutive. It clearly every time they say that, it clearly says they're clearly saying Kiryu. I know. Um, I think that they add. I think it's it's only what's his face, uh, the guy with the eye patch who says it, and I mm-hmm. think that he's using a like a thing at the end that is like okay. meant to be how you refer to like children. I think that's what it is. He's probably doing that. Mm-hmm. I call him Kiryu because everyone seems to in the game. Yeah, Kiryu-san. Exactly, and but the subtitles will call him Kazuma. Yeah, because names. I don't know. I don't know what one's meant to be his first name. I don't know how they localized it the first time. I mean, Kiryu is his last name. I mean, that's okay. Japan. All right. I well, I didn't know which way. Sometimes they no, just. No, no. They do that wrong. Yeah. But, which I assumed it was. I don't know. Anyway, Yakuza is very good. Please uh, play Yakuza 3 and then listen to us talk about it. Yeah, very excited for that talk. But today, you haven't been really playing games, Jackson, have you? Allow me to load up the spreadsheet. Why don't you tell me about this DS9 book? What's it about? <laughs> can, you t- <laughs> can you say anything without spoilers? So... I, just, I was about to uh, say spoilers of the book, then I realized, then I'm... No, DS9 spoilers, because Destiny has not seen DS9. Garak. Uh-huh. Uh, his actor on set. Oh, this is the, the Garak book. This is the Garak book, okay. yes. Was it actually good? Uh, it's been really good so far. Okay. It's It gets boring whenever plot stuff happening, but a lot of it's just stuff that is just... The actor of Garrick just writing Garrick music on, musing on theme. Okay. So it's the best. That's pretty good. Uh, if I read another Star Wars Star Trek book, I'd probably be very disappointed that they're not just people musing on theme for four chapters. I've read a lot of Star Trek books. Half of them include people musing on theme. Oh, good, good. I'm glad though people understand that that's, that's what, what Star yeah, Trek no, that's is. what you come to Star Trek for. <laughs> if you want, if you want pages of people faffing about about the Prime Directive, Star Trek books got your back. I do, I do. It's so very, it's it's uh, very sad. You should. The Kindle is the greatest game console. <laughs> you got yourself a Kindle for uh, let's call it Valentine's Day. Sure. Well, they, they had a Valentine's Day sale on the Kindle uh, paperwork, so I was like, I'll pick that up. Yep. And now you've joined the club of all of us with cool e-readers. Cool e-readers, uh, as we all know. One of us. One of us. Kindle is the greatest video game console, and the greatest video game is the Bible. Oh yes, the Bible is my RPG. The Bible for the RPG Explorers Club. If we all just read the Bible, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're referencing. Just the everyone talks about the Bible jokes. There's no. There's no, no, okay, is, nothing. Is this a thing? Like, yeah. I street passed with someone that had that as their quote oh. yesterday. What was the quote? The Bible is my RPG. <laughs> that's good. Like, so that's why it's weird that you brought that up, and that's why Matt is totally baffled. <laughs> no, I heard, like, I heard it, like, I knew that my brain had heard that before, but I didn't know what context I heard it in. So I just felt <laughs> dazed. And part of it is I'm very underslept, but it, it was also just a weird confluence of, like, neurons firing. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I recommend Kindle. <laughs> okay. Better than the Ouya. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, it does less, but it does what it does better. It is the most. I've played video games forever, and what for some reason, and they are the most expensive, extravagant things of technology. When well, they can be at least sometimes they're just 
technology on screen, money, future stuff, but nothing has ever felt like the future more than touching a screen and it turning a page on a book. Yeah, but like, because it's part, it's just because the screen doesn't look like any sort of screen that we have like a thing in our brain for. No! It just looks like a, a page in a book, and then I just feel like I'm reading a book, but it's just sometimes I touch it. It, that feels like Star Trek more than anything else ever has. Yep. I still feel that way sometimes. It's great. Destiny, what have you been playing? I've been playing, um, well, actually, I've been watching you play Metal Gear. Metal Gear? Which Metal Gear are we playing, do you know? We're playing Twin Snakes. Yes, we are playing Twin Snakes, which is a GameCube game from, I'm not even going to look it up, like 2003, probably? I have a question about Metal Gear. Yes. When he says Metal Gear, do they respond with Metal Gear? How did, what is the line after Metal okay, Gear question? You have to mark? understand, Solid Snake asks a question in alarm based on what people have told him about every five minutes. <laughs> so. In my head, it is like a piece of music, and Metal Gear has to be answered with Metal Gear. No. Has to go up. And then down. But it's like, it's like, <laughs> oh, we were here working on nuclear weapons, like nuclear weapons. It's like, yeah, so we could deploy them in our new walking tank thing. It's called Metal Gear. Metal Gear, yeah. And then the Department of Defense was working with this private arms contractor. Private arms contractor? <laughs> Does this just make... It was uh, made in t- 2004. Okay. Or released, excuse me. Um, Does this just in- make... Instead of the Zelda red text, it's just Snake repeating words back. Does this make Snake seem incompetent? No... He just seems a little ridiculous and kind of dazed half the time. And because he's doing that and then he's flirting with everyone. Part of this is <laughs> so the original Metal Gear Solid is from 98. It's for the PlayStation. Uh, Twin Snakes was a remake on the uh Metal Gear Solid 2 engine released for the GameCube exclusively. Like Silicon Knights uh developed it and then they got one of the like uh, second unit directors of the Matrix or something to do the cutscenes and they re-recorded all the voice acting. So it's way, way goofier than the original Metal Gear was. It's Metal Gear remade to uh, Ref- exist in a world where people knew what Metal Gear actually was. Yes, because the okay. problem I think, it, I, I'm absolutely sure it was deliberate after we we're not going to talk about Metal Gear Solid 2 because Destiny doesn't know anything about Metal Gear Solid 2 and we want to keep it that way. But clearly Kojima looked at the response to Metal Gear, especially in America, and said, people took this game too seriously. Let's ensure that will never, ever happen again. <laughs> and they did. And it still they has... They made still, sure of that. It still has your classic lines about can love bloom on a battlefield and I'm an otaku and Otakon talking about his Japanese animes. But... It's, uh, in general, it's got a more over-the-top kind of irreverent tone to it. I like all the FMV Oh, just stock footage of nuclear waste in containers. Yeah, to show you how, like, horrible, uh, horribly it's stored and to make you worry about your country. And then, like, all the weird, uh asides about how pointless war is. That was in the original game. That game has always been interested... That series has always been interested in stopping for five minutes to deliver a PowerPoint about some problem of concern in geopolitics at the drop it's of really a It's really great. Yeah. I didn't expect that. I thought it was going to be way more silly than that. I mean, it's silly in its own way, but... 
it is totally there's an honest. earnestness to it that I did not expect. When it stops the the game for five minutes to talk about nuclear weapons and American exceptionalism and militarism, it is fully serious. Yeah, it's wonderful. I like it's my favorite part of the game. Yeah, the actual part where it's a game is whatever. Like I actually enjoy Metal Gear gameplay, but in the framework of delivering that story, I'm just gonna put it on easy and kind of coast through because I'm only there for the story. I like all the goofy meta things you have to do. Like, there's the guy that can predict your moves, so you have to switch your controller into a different plug so he can't predict it. And then there's a few other ones. Like, uh, there's a moment where you get a massage by putting the controller on your arm and then it vibrates. Yep. <laughs> it's a pretty... Like, I, I, I hope there's more of that, because that's fun. I, I love that. I've never played anything that was that ridiculously tongue-in-cheek about what you're doing. That'll continue all the way through Metal Gear Solid 4, so... And Rising. I haven't played Rising, so I don't know. I can confirm. Okay. Metal Gear is Metal Gear. Yeah, we're gonna go through all the Metal Gears. Jackson, you're gonna come on board at some point. Yeah, when we've done with all... I just look at my schedule and things I have to do over the next two months, and it's all... I, I have no time. I know, I know. Welcome to my life. I started reading this book on procrastination, and there's a section where she literally recommends just making a list of 101 things you keep meaning to do, because the logic is, oh, you'll do a couple of them if you see it all listed out like that, and the mere idea makes me want to barf. Yeah, I will list it and then throw myself out of a window. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) To avoid ever having to look at that list ever again. It's really upsetting. She's like, post it near your workstation. Ah! Like, why, why would I do that? Do I want to have an anxiety attack every time I work? Like, it's I never do gonna already. So, that's Metal Gear. Let's, uh. That's Metal Gear? It's Metal Gear. It's Metal a walking Gear. nuclear arms platform. Why is it walking? The idea is that it be able to, like, go into a very remote place, like, in the mountains or something, and fire nuclear missiles from there. Why is it walking, though? Because that's how you get over mountains. I don't know. Okay, sure. Like, it's totally a fatal flaw of this design, and they talk about it a little in 3. Like, there's a, <laughs> this, like it's like... The plans for the original Metal Gear are a plot point there, and there's someone who's got a competing design that has treads, and it's like, it's a walking tank. Who would want that? <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Because anime, that's why you make a walking tank. Wow. Japanese animation. Yep. Many boffins died to get you the plans in this original Metal Gear. Yep. <laughs> that's a different series, Jackson. That's a quote. I know. I remembered that quote. You know that I, You could do Star Wars I can quotes. do Star... I can do an alarming <laughs> amount of Star Wars quotes for someone who doesn't even like Star Wars that much. <laughs> Me too. The last part is mine are all from the prequels. That's not from the prequels. Well, no, but for the alarming amount. Oh, okay. Yeah, most of mine are from the original trilogy. Like, I know the obvious ones. I know somehow I've always known. I know that's the other even, one. I don't even think that's an obvious one. Like, that's not even a... No one says that. Like, no one's like, hey, Star Wars, right? Somehow I've always known. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard people do that. Oh, okay. They're not good people. All right. <laughs> I don't listen to this. They're fine. I don't know them anymore. They could be listening, then. 
Do you want to call them Shoot. out right here, right now? Yeah. Uh, fuck you, Matt. Jeez. <laughs> I'm hurt. I listen to this else. podcast. It's someone else called Matt, but I could have not. <laughs> How are we supposed to believe that? Because uh, I'll tell you who they are when we stop for this break. Matt here. Once again, thanks so much for listening, and uh, please, rate and review us if you haven't. Tell your friends about the podcast. We're just going to put that right up here in front. We need more listeners. Please give us some validation so we know that we're doing a good job. Tell your friends who are video game inclined. Try to make this podcast accessible to people who haven't even played the games we're talking about by explaining uh, what the games are each time. Uh, It's important to get new people on board. Um, One thing to plug today... Jackson has started a Patreon that you can find at patreon.com slash Jackson Tyler, I assume. Uh, if you search, you'll find it. Uh, he's currently not charging because uh, the government of all of Europe, apparently, is just the worst. But if you go there and back him, you'll be supporting him. Uh, he's been without a job for quite some time, and uh, he wants to, you know, write more and record more videos about video games for you all and to do that he needs funds to get a setup that allows him to do that easier so you know think about it and if you want to back him otherwise enjoy the rest of the show and here we go so the return of the rpg explorers club is here and we let Jackson pick the next game. So, Jackson, what game did you choose? Uh, I chose Atelier Roma, because I always wanted to try an Atelier game. Atelier Rorona, uh, we played Plus, but it is the first of the Arland trilogy of Atelier games, which are alchemy games in which the main loops of the game involve gathering items, not unlike Monster Hunter, though in a very different sense of the word. And then coming back to your shop and turning them into item magical items through the power of synthesis to fulfill quest demands, and it's all against a calendar and clock. And uh, in between, there's some light turn-based RPG that is kind of like dumbed-down uh, Dragon Quest in terms of how it works. And... Um, we played the plus version, which was a remake with some added characters and added endgame stuff. And I feel like it behooves me to say I'm the only person who can play this game. Des- not Destiny tried. She had a problem. Destiny did have a problem. I just hate my, the video game. My Vita decided to corrupt my save, so I lost all my progress as soon as I hit year three. And I'm really sad about it because I really liked this game. I also like this game. Uh, Jackson, you are the odd person out here. Well I, th- well, I think I had the same reaction you had to it, but it never changed to the good reaction. Hmm. Okay, so ex- explain maybe your first maybe your first reaction, because I don't know if that's true. 
my first reaction was, oh no, this game is giving me an anxiety attack. Oh no, there's too much time. There's not enough time. Everything it's just lists on numbers on numbers on lists on meters to fill by time and and just an overwhelming number of things to keep track of and things to do. And the things aren't necessarily hard in and of themselves. But as I went through the first couple rotations, I was always struggling to hit the deadline. I was always struggling to reach the point. I kept I kept dying. I didn't understand why I was dying. I was just bad at it. Because you were confused as to why I was so bad at this game. And I was also confused. Uh, yeah, because I... The thing that I... Because I originally was like, oh, there's a calendar and a clock and stuff. I don't know how I'm going to feel about that because I don't like management games, really. Um, because they do make me kind of anxious. I don't like being against a clock like that. Um, but when I got into it, I realized that it's kind of like the most like laid back pastoral version of an RPG I've ever played where you have this calendar, but in reality, like to complete the quest you need to do, you can kind of just goof around and you'd have to like really mess up somewhere to not make your goals. And even the, like there's like, uh, there's like one main quest every 90 days. And then there's eight sub quests that you complete to get like bonus items. And even those, like almost every time I'm like, Hey, I'm all done with those. I got 10 days left. Let's just kick around and level up or make items or whatever. Like to me, this was like, it's got this very like colored pencils, anime art style. And it evokes sort of this like, kind of lazy, like, summer day kind of feeling in me, and that's kind of what the gameplay feels like, too. Like, I've got a list of things to do, and I'm going to do them, but in reality, I can just kind of go at my own pace and be lazy about it, and mostly get it all done. I mean, as long as you get that first main quest done, you're fine. You don't have to do any of the sub-quests. They're just a way to get vouchers. Mm -hmm. And I guess for me, then, the light... Uh, breezy attitude of it just turned into everything having no way and I could just feel my time being wasted with every single click. I mean, in terms of like, like, you know, we've, we only played seven, but in terms of RPGs that we both have played, Jackson, they've all been really story based, like story driven things. The one exception maybe is Bravely Default, um, which has a story, but I don't think it's the driving force of that game. It's not, but it has a similar structure. Um, and this is a game that is all about kind of relishing the loop of what a just a turn-based RPG is and what an item creation game is. In that the whole point is to go out and do things, like fight monsters to get items, to fight monsters to get items. And if that's not the thing that's hooking you, then there's not a whole lot there. No, it felt phenomenally empty. And I just, every time I... Just making sure I fought the. It just felt like too many things to keep track of in order for no end. Mm. Uh, and I, I liked the story. I for I liked every time some cute anime girl would come up and insult the cute anime girl you were playing as, which happens every forty-five minutes. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it wasn't connected to what you were doing. It wasn't like it just happens. Just every every so often it'll break for you to be insulted by someone. And I didn't feel like I wanted to keep going in order to see more of that. Like, I just, I, that loop just didn't connect at all. Hmm. That's interesting. Oh, like, I'll admit the story is like super flimsy and is not enough to string you along. Like, even the like good ending of the game is this dumb anime. Oh, everyone was successful. Like, three minute video 
that then dumps you back into the game to do more loops and dungeons after you've beaten the game. Oh, no, thank you. Nothing. It's just hell. <laughs> but um, in that space, I don't like I like that it's a game that has all of these mechanics, but they're put not to like saving the world, but just like it's kind of it's just this like very soft way of making a game. And I don't think I've ever played an RPG that's been this devoted to that kind of softness in its sensibilities. Like, it, it's a lot of spinning plates, but, like, none of the ends are life-threatening, and nobody's, like, really that evil, and everyone kind of gets along, and it's just, like, it, it's it's nice and kind in its way, and I that's the thing that I, like, really liked about it. Yeah. I felt like everything that you work towards and, like, everything within the story actually like all fit in really well together Mm. like I didn't feel like it was like uh, pointless or anything like I I felt like okay you're doing this all so you don't lose your shop so in the meantime you're gonna while you're trying not to have your shop closed you're trying to meet all these cool you know like or not cool but all these weird characters and I don't know I, I, I didn't feel that it was a big waste of time and I found it all really satisfying how you could uh, just go out on your own whim and gather items and you didn't have to I don't know like the only time I felt sort of annoyed with the game was when I couldn't uh, get the what was my problem? Oh, like the the quality of my items wasn't going up as quickly as I wanted, and that's that's when I got frustrated because it felt like you couldn't gather en- enough, and you couldn't you didn't know quite what direction you needed to go in, and that's where I feel like the game needed more structure. Like you'd be unlocking places faster than you could explore all of them, and that that was a bit annoying. I mean, part of it is the framework of the game will not even take you to all of the places. Like, there's stuff that you don't even need to touch till after you've beaten the main story. Because so much and of I its guess, loop like, is... You don't really know that no, until it's over. Like, yeah. I think it's important also to note that this is, like, the 11th in a series of games. And all of the games are... Like, unlike Final Fantasy, all of the games are structurally incredibly similar. Okay. Yeah, that makes so sense. So I think that it's one of these series that relies on a lot of, like, assumed knowledge... And if a game is not built to be super uh, beginner friendly, like there is a bunch of times I'm like, I don't really understand what I need to do or I'm looking stuff up online to like, how, what does it mean when there's a rock in the way? How do I take care of that? Um, and so, yeah, like a lot of it isn't really explicit in the main game. And I like that's a problem in long running, especially like RPG series generally in that if they've got the same mechanics loop throughout them, they don't. Like, they refine it and change stuff, but they only really explain the changes because they assume everyone who bought this has bought all, all, the, all the other ones and played them. Um, I find that a lot in a lot of things. That's true. It's kind of the same problem with the Rune Factory games. Mm. And I, like, I'm thinking explicitly of, like, what I was talking about with Monster Hunter 3 versus Monster Hunter 4. Like, they went out of their way in Monster Hunter 4 to give you weapon tutorials for all of your weapons, and that's not a thing that was in any of the other games. Um... 
and this game like clearly doesn't take the time to explain quite uh, like all of its loops past the this is your quest and this is what you got to do and this is how you turn it in blah 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 like the basic framework to progress like the nuance like the fact that there's this huge long end game is not explicit in the game when you play it it's just a thing you'd have to That's know true. from the series does that make sense i think that you know both that and i feel like my weird reaction to like not being down with its loop and finding it empty sounds like uh, what we said about Pokemon when we did that. Mm, I guess. Like, on some level, an RPG like this that isn't really story-based is kind of giving you... Like, like it's like it's meant to be relaxing. It's not meant to accomplish things. Mm-hmm. Like, the idea that all games have to be about, like, conquest and completion and then, like, getting this narrative delivered to you and then moving on is, I think, another thing that we've already talked about, like, is, like, a w- weird byproduct of treating games as products, not as, like, expressions. Sure, but I think the, I, the, I, I, I appreciate what it's trying to do, but I think using a system that is specifically set up as a series of, like, bars to fill and, uh, like RPGs are number based things you get to the next point you level up you achieve all these things it is not a game system built for relaxation and they're like that's not true because plenty that. of people find RPGs really relaxing I think that's I why mean, it's a very true. popular I, genre or used okay. to be you're right I find them relaxing but I meant uh, at the expense like when you talk about something that isn't about progress I, sh- I assume something that's like a spatial exploration game no I think most like especially like very traditional turn-based RPGs explicitly like they give you harder enemies and they give you more equipment but it's not about the experience of getting good enough to conquer it it's about I'm going to sit down and play this little bit each time and I'll get further and further and eventually I'll have completed the thing it's the Dragon Quest principle which was always you don't have to be good at a game you just have to be you put in the time and sit with it and it'll open up to you regardless how is that not just about progress then? Because it's not about, like, going... Like, you can play Rorona min-maxing your time and, like, making sure you've, like, understood all the systems and, like, conquest, like, just totally dominate everything that's laid before you. Or you can just kind of go in and exist in the space and, like, take the challenges you have as they come. And the game is, like, lax enough to allow you to exist in that space and accomplish what you need to do. Like, you don't need to be good at the game to complete the game. You're right, but I kept... I was barely scraping by for what I played, so maybe I just mess like I, it's totally possible I could have missed a system that they didn't completely explain and thus drop off like and miss something crucial. So maybe I just didn't understand the game properly. Mm-hmm. But I I felt it was about like being on top of things, uh, keeping your way going, keeping up with the game's progression. Like the, the game, it, time moves along at a lax pace, but it's still a fair pace, especially as you get into it and your synthesis takes about six days. Sure. But at the same time, like, I had completed the final quest, like, on day one of getting the final quest, and I literally, like, I'm like, I want to see the end of this game, so I slept for the next 29 days and then <laughs> saw the ending. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 I get that. Uh, I. Responded very differently to the systems it put in front of me. I want to play more non-story-based RPGs because it's an area I don't have much well, experience. Well, you're in. picking up Monster Hunter after this week, so there you go. That's a good one. I want to. Pl- I the one I want to play Etrian Odyssey at one point because I know that's your 
Oh, Etrian Odyssey is the best. Yeah, that's one. That's that's the one you recommend. I also want to play Rune Factory, even though it's not an RPG. But I want to play Rune Factory. Would you class Rune Factory an RPG? I wouldn't. I I've guess. never I played it. Yeah, I would count it as an RPG. I only played a little bit of four, and I had a hard time like figuring out. Like it was kind of like this game where you don't really know what you're doing because they assume you've played the previous installments, but. It's also like, you know, you, you gather, you craft, you collect points, you use those points to buy things, you do quests for people, and then you fight monsters. So there's just a, there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, I liked it in a lot of ways, um, because like, I like ridiculous anime dating sim things, but yeah. I also had a hard time with it just because there was so much going on. Maybe that'll just, maybe I'll have the same reaction to Verona then. I don't know. Like, I'm still interested in this kind of game. Just Verona specifically just playing and just turned me completely the other direction. I don't know. I, I think Verona is actually simpler than Rune Factory. Exactly. Which is why it's weird that I want to play the more complex and intimidating version <laughs> of it. So, um, we're just kind of, kind of going to ignore Jackson here, I think, because he yeah. dropped off. Uh, Destiny, let's talk a little bit about the specifics of Rune Factory, or not, of, uh, Rorona, <laughs> vis-a-vis characters being ridiculous to Rorona all the time. Okay. Let's start with Astrid, because she's the sassy. So Astrid is your, she owns the shop that is basically like, you need to get this shop in shape or we're going to kick you both to the curb. And she dumps it all on you and then basically stands around and acts... She's your master. Yeah, acts uh, like vaguely sexually threatening to Verona for the rest of the game. Sometimes she helps her out oh, sure. in a like big sister sort of way. But yeah, most of the time she's just kind of flirty. I mean, it's clear that she is like looking out for Verona because there's all those... There's those scenes where she like talks to Verona's parents and you see her be, like behind the scenes of other cutscenes, like obviously manipulating things to teach Verona lessons. Or making sure dumb boys don't mess up her alchemy. Yeah. That too. But yeah, there is a real sense. I don't know. Like I don't quite understand this, the sensibility of this game where all the characters like, pick on this girl but in like this weirdly innocent way it felt like just a middle school like everyone's in middle school and she's just the mousy one that everybody kind of like they, they want to help her they want to protect her but they also like to tease her yeah and it's like super anime and that they're all like we're best friends and then like it's like uh cordelia like constantly jealous and like trying to sabotage your success but you've been friends since childhood and Astrid like wanting to sleep with you slash step on you slash make sure that you can be the best person you want to be. Right. And Stirk wanting to protect you and help you, but also knowing that like, it's kind of stepping beyond his bounds to do so as a knight. Mm-hmm. But also like, he's got this weird thing with uh, Etsy who wants to be with you or with him and she's like constantly asking about him and then she's like weirdly jealous that he's paying attention to you and then she's like I guess I'll join and she's just hanging out with you <laughs> and is the best character. No, she's the greatest. 
And then as, I don't know who I love more, her, her, Astrid. and then as if like characters weren't getting kicked around enough, they give you like a uh, Astrid comes in with the uh, Gollum girl, whatever she is. What's her? Oh, name? the homunculus. Yeah, the homunculus. And then the homunculus, like they're like, and it's like, oh, someone Rona can boss around, but then the homunculus gives Rona sass too. And she slowly starts to gain her own independence too, right? Yeah. Is because I know, like, at some point she finds a yeah, cat no, like, and Astrid's got like, a cat, and Astrid's like, "You can't, t- you can't put that in here. It's going to be a mess. No cats allowed." And she like takes care of it outside of the shop, and then there's like a cat family as the game goes on. Oh, see, I lost my game before the cat family. Hey, yeah, your rolling ball of adopting people, like the wandering uh, puppeteer and her weird sentient cat puppets. <laughs> or the ghost that haunts that stuffed bear that joins up and then opens her ghostly shop. And you're like... And nobody shops there because she's a ghost. Yep, so you gotta... No, it's not that she's a ghost. It's nobody shops there because she doesn't act spooky. And so you teach oh. her to act spooky and then it's like the talk of the town and everyone goes there. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, no, I loved all these little side stories. And I liked how... You think these people are going to be non-playable characters, and then later it's like you can recruit yeah, them characters to be in your party. Real, like there's characters that are introduced like in like month two that are not joinable until like the like the end last year of the game. Yeah, like Geo. Yeah. I assume the old man. Yeah, he gets in there eventually, and old yeah, man a lot of weird... who looks about thirty-five, just like a brown. No he's just got to go tea. That's why he's old. He's an old man. He's retired. What did I say on Twitter? Uh, black don't crack and anime don't yep. either. Anime old is my favorite type of old person. It's pretty great. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like all of that stuff is super light. Like I'm amazed this game doesn't have like a dating sim element to it. Like it has friendship rankings and those like affect like character specific endings if you get them high enough, but you never like pair off and date. And I don't think the series ever introduces that. Like it's just not interested in that. So it just becomes this. Almost like a dating visual novel, but with no mechanical sub base for that. Where it's like, oh, you're just kind of flirting with everybody for the course of the game. Yeah, it's pretty cute. One thing that I found noticeable was, like, it doesn't give you dialogue choices. You know, some of these games you can kind of pick, like, somebody says something threatening to you. You could either threaten them back or shrug it off. Like, it didn't do anything like that, and I kept expecting that. It is just, like, pure visual novel. Like, the interesting thing about visual novels, like, the kinds that don't get translated over here very often versus, like, the kind of adventure game-inspired ones that you see a lot of is, like, something like, even, like, the social links in Persona have way more choice than, like, in a single social link than the entirety of, like, a game like Hakuoke, which is that samurai dating game um, that has maybe, like, five choice, like, big choices in the entire game. It's, like, a 25-hour game. Like, for the most part, it's just reading text. Wow. It's just a visual novel. And that's, that's, I don't think that sort of game, like, in its pure form really ever exists. In a, like, it never comes over here. I would like to play m- more of the Atelier games just to see what weird, uh, like, are there romance storylines in the other games yeah, I don't know. maybe it's something they had explored previously so they decided not to for this well there's one. that other there's another um trilogy after the arland one that has like entirely new characters that might be different mechanically because i assume um atelier it's 
uh, Totori and Meruru are the other two in this trilogy. And I assume they all are very similar in terms of theme and mechanics because all the characters go come back in those games. Okay. Yeah, they they separate those games into trilogies. Because they release one every year and an updated version of one, the one that came out three years ago. That's interesting. But yeah, I uh, I will also probably check out another one of these games sometime. Um, probably on PS3. I feel like the Vita version was like slow in a lot of instances and messy. It, t- it takes a while to load. Yep. And I understand that these are super budget uh, Japanese RPGs, so they're not like the environments are really small. Like, uh, things are not particularly detailed, but I think it would just run better on a more powerful hardware. Yeah. I, yep, I, I bet. Also be, I don't know, it should be more relaxing just playing in bed, but it's, when it's, uh, I, I just sit back, let it be big and powerful. Yeah, in like its own quiet way. I mean, we're going to talk about Yakuza, and one of my favorite things in Yakuza is just kind of like, you can just stand on the beach and have that wash over you, and it's super peaceful in its, like, quiet, empty spaces. I have actually mm-hmm. done that. Yeah, it's I great. I did that. That's pretty wonderful. Um, and I think games like that and like this are important in giving you those spaces. Like, uh, I don't know if you climbed the mountain destiny in uh, Verona. Like, you go to the Highlands, I think it is. No, I didn't get okay, to do and that. It starts out in like these, like just these fields, and then you go, and you're just climbing up and up, and you go to these rocky areas, and there's like uh, eagles' nests and stuff, and you go further and further up, and you're just like trundling through the snow, and there's wolves, and then like very last area of that place is just this, like you're walking along like the tops of these mountains, like on this cliff edge, like gathering items, and I love the sense of place, even in the weird formalistic map structure of these games. I think it's really That's cool. awesome. Yeah. That sounds cool. I'm pro that. Yeah. So, uh, I guess that's kind of it. Uh, I mean, it's weird when, you know, we don't, uh, like, Jackson, you didn't finish. Uh, and gave, you know, and Destiny didn't finish. And I don't know. There's not, like, it's a fun game, but I, like, I'll freely admit there's not a lot to it. Also, even if we had finished... I don't know what more we'd add. No, that's true. Like, that's it's true. Yeah, yeah. It reveals its entire self up front, and then sometimes adds another mechanic on top of that. But really, it's just collect the thing to make the item do the thing. Yep. Also, these girls are going to insult each other. Yep. <laughs> Buy things from shops. Make things. Hang out with your friends. Yep. For sure. So that is Tillyrona Plus. We'll uh, put a pin in it. No more Rona. I guess that leaves the already announced. Thanks a lot, Jackson. Final Fantasy VIII. Which Happy to be here. we are going to do in two segments. Um, and we, like I said, we're going to try to do like six weeks, probably. I mean, we're just going to we'll do it when we're done with the part we need to be at. And that part is going to be, cause, uh, this game is four discs long, but like the fourth disc is like the final disc of Final Fantasy VII in that it's like just the final area. 
but then it doesn't break down easily. Like there's no clear midpoint the same way there was in seven. So I'm going to say we're going to do the midpoint at the Norg battle, which you'll know when you get there. Cause it's like a big boss battle in season two in disc two. <laughs> Sorry. Season two. Season two. Yep. In disc two. Um, and if we, if we all feel like, uh, we want to go a little further, there's a stopping place like two hours after that. That would be good too. But, uh, it's like maybe a third of the way into disc one, I think. That seems right. It's been a long time, but that seems like about a good mid, close to midpoint for that game. Yeah. I have a question. Yes. Compared to seven, how ridiculously teen angsty is the protagonist of eight? Like <laughs> ten times more. <laughs> I'm excited. Ooh. Like this is literally a game about, about teenagers being angsty. So it's all that. I'm either going to love it or I'm going to hate it. There's no way I fall in the middle on this. Uh, I love it. But, yeah. Um, I'm kind of like, Seven, I gave you guys a bunch of like advice and primers. I'm just going to kick you guys loose to do play this however you want, because I'm not even sure how I'm going to play it yet. I'm going to Google the card method. Yep. The one thing I will say to both of you, do not level grind at all, because it will hurt you in this game. Really? How? Because levels don't determine your stats, because you, like, your stats are based on junctioning magic, which you'll figure out as you play the game, uh, what that means. But it has, uh, so you level up every time you get a thousand experience points for every level, and they don't give you anything for leveling up other than your level goes up. And so, but the monsters, skills and stats change based on their level and the monsters will always be the same level you are so if you do all your leveling up right at the beginning the monsters will be super strong and you won't have any equipment to deal with that uh so you kind of just want to keep moving through the game and as long as you're drawing magic which you'll figure it out uh you should be fine it's not a hard game as long as you don't stop and get like over leveled <laughs> then it gets harder so- it's not a hard game. It just punishes everyone for playing it like a Final Fantasy game. Yeah, but it's like a it's it's a <laughs> weird Final Fantasy game. <laughs> That's pretty. Or weird. you can play the weird card. If you're really into Triple Triad, you can play the card way and never fight monsters through most of the game, which is how I've played it every time I've ever played it. Which is why I kind of don't want to play it that way this time. Maybe I'll do it. I have no way. idea what you're talking about. There's a thing with cards. I don't know. So you... let's finish you up got... the podcast. Okay. <laughs> you go out to random people and charge, charge into a card battle. It's like Yu-Gi-Oh. Let's finish the podcast. Destiny, where can we find you? Badlinegirls.com and at FridgeBuzzNow on Twitter. Jackson, where can we find you? T-Y-L-E-A-002 on Twitter. And I have a Patreon at Patreon.com slash Jackson Tyler. I'm not charging at the moment because of that more stuff. But when that's sorted out, I'll start. You should still fund me because it's uh, I don't have any money. Where else can we find you? on TrashBackRatio.com where we have a podcast about movies. All right. And uh, you can find me at LitRock, L-I-T-R-O-C-K. Uh, I run a book club, uh, booksforcrooks.tumblr.com. And me and Jackson both do Let's Plays on the YouTube channel. Just search up Normal Mapping. Please rate and review the podcast as usual. We will be back next week for Yakuza 3. She. 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 Alright, that's it, we're done. She. <laughs> <laughs>
光さ